Welcome to the podcast to be named later, where we explore the world a conversation at a time. Sit back and enjoy. Here are your hosts, Chris and Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast to be named later. Starting out with my co-host, Chris, once again. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Kelly. Yeah, a lot of uh, big fantastic news last week. We were definitely somber and excellent news about Damar Hamlin. Uh, he's back in Buffalo working on recovery. Can't tell you how uh, positive a story that is. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, obviously, the last time you and I talked on uh, this podcast, um, it was pretty fresh. And uh, like you said, we were pretty somber. And, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, after uh, some of the dust has settled, and, and he's by no means entirely out of the woods. I, I, I don't want to jump the gun at all, but it sure seems like all signs uh, point to awesome as far as he's concerned. Um, but when we talked last, man, it was just a... Uh, 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 yeah, man, a, r- a really tough time, dude, and something we hadn't ever experienced um, watching NFL in the past. And uh, at this point now, when we're talking again, uh, it's just really exciting, man. And 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 now I, I I feel free to focus on some of the positives that have come from this and the um, solidarity from from the other players. And and I mean, just throughout uh, the whole sports community, man, from, from players and coaches and, and medical staff and fans and, and fantasy football leagues and, and um, uh, networks and everything else, Kelly. I just – I was really, really impressed with the humanity that, that I felt over, over the last, you know, week, week and a half um, from, from all parties, man. And, and uh, I think, you know, uh, provided he makes a, a full recovery, which it seems like he's on track to do – um, I think we can take this as a real win for for all of us. I think so, and I um, definitely just, you know, there's a lot of challenges in sports and in the world, but this was really just uh, uh, humans showing the positive that I think we all strive for, where, you know, from the time he got hurt, players surrounding him, showing the love, <clears throat> and then we saw that from, throughout the week and just really a uh, as tragic as it might have been uh, in some ways for him I mean it didn't turn out to be so far and really an uplifting story can't can't say more positive about that yeah I mean eight million dollars man was raised uh and um now like I said man I mean just everyone handled it uh the best they could and I would say that it was a, a real like gold star for for all of us that in the uh, response to what had happened. Definitely. Well, in other sports news, uh, college football season. Uh, you know, Georgia started out the season uh, beating Oregon forty nine to three. Finished it up last night beating TCU sixty five to seven, and pretty much took on all comers in between. I'm not sure what more you can say, but what do you think about the college season and the championship, Chris? Well, I mean, about the championship, uh, I, I mean, I'd say I was disappointed. You know, I actually, uh, you and I had spoke uh, prior to the the uh, game taking place yesterday, and uh, we weren't able to get on air, but um, I, uh, you know, I was pretty chomping at the bit, man. I was excited. I really, truly believed TCU was going to put up a fight. And, you know, there's just, some, there's just something to be said about having been there before, you know. 
And uh, I actually had this conversation uh, with Angie about, um, you know, just like, man, you start a new job and, and like, to begin with, you don't even know where the bathrooms are, you know, and, and there's just an unfamiliarity to all things related. And I, I think that's kind of what showed itself uh, from TCU yesterday. They came out just kind of like eyes wide open and like, oh, wow, look at the stage. And, and but Georgia was more like, hey, we're here to play football, man. We got we got a job to do. And, uh, you know, very first play of the game was a false start. You know, you could just see the nerves early. And then it was just uh, turnover, turnover, you know, it, once they dug themselves that hole, Georgia was always going to be the better team. Now, I believe that TCU had an opportunity similar to what they did with Michigan. You know, I, I just think you got to make a couple big plays. You need a, like a punt return touchdown or, or a, um, you know, get a turnover or something that, you know, gives you the ball at the Georgia 17, you know, things like that. They're going to need a couple breaks. Um, but I thought they'd be in the game, you know, and, and I, I had hoped that it would be close down the stretch. And I, I, I thought – TCU would need maybe not a miracle, but they were going to need the ball to bounce their way for sure. And right from go, man, that was just not the case. Georgia showed up all about business, did what they do, and uh, just ran over TCU from from jump, man, from from moment one. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked ahead of time a little bit, and I told you I thought it was going to be uh, Georgia thirty-five, TCU thirty-one. I thought. Um, I thought TCU would TCU would lose, but I thought you know they 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 play some of their magic. But wow, I mean, it, sometimes games over pretty early, and that one was. They just it got away from them in a hurry, and I think before they knew it, it was you know whatever thirty eight to, and that first step. I mean, they scored on every drive and. Uh, yeah, I mean six possessions, five touchdowns, and a field goal. I mean, it just you just. You just can't do it any better than that, Kelly. You know, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll put the college football season to bed for another year. Um, quite a year. Uh, again, start to finish. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, they they could do the same thing again next year. Uh, I mean, already they, they opened as the, I mean, the pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-season uh, number one. Um, you know, I think we'll see. I mean, we'll, you know, the, uh, it's real exciting times for, for college football. I think um, uh, we're entering into uh, what's going to be the best age of it pretty soon. Um, I don't mind all the kind of mega conferences that have been developing. You know, I, I like that the playoff is expanding. Um, it's going to make the end of the year really exciting. And so we'll see if they'll have to prove it on the field. But Georgia has moved into it's hard it's it's hard to take it away. I mean, but 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 they're they're definitely one of the premier college football programs, um, and arguably maybe number one. It's hard with Saban and Alabama and what they've done. It's 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 hard to knock them off. Uh, it's almost like you have to prove it for another year or so. You know what I'm saying? But Georgia's done everything they need to do to to take that top spot. Yeah, I think that. Uh... As we've talked about, you know, there's just some really excellent football being being played in the SEC in general, and uh, Georgia's definitely at the the top. You know, they might not have, they might not have knocked everybody entirely off the hill for sure, but uh, I'll put it this way: um, 
some, you know, there was a line running around on the internet. In the last two years, Georgia has more college football championship wins than losses. So <laughs> any time you can say that, uh, you're pretty dang good. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, they uh, were, were, were the best from early on. You know, there was a little bit of movement as far as the polls were concerned, but, um, you know, to beat the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? And and they were the champ, and, and nobody beat them. And uh, if there was any doubt, um, I think they, they erased that doubt uh, uh, last night. Uh, they put it all over TCU, so. Well, you know, another one of our favorite sports obviously finished their regular season heading into the playoffs, the NFL. And uh, Week 18, you know, uh, we're Packer fans. Let's start out with that game. I think it's interesting when I look back at the beginning of the year when we did our pre to the preseason and we talked about what we thought of the Packers. You know, we hit it on the head, I think, pretty square that, you know, they just didn't have it this year. And, boy, it showed up in the the game on Sunday. Well, I, and you got here. I mean, it's just a tale of two two franchises: one heading in one direction and one heading in the other. And we'll see what the Packers can do in the off season. Um, you know, we'll see how how they can revamp. Um, you know, I'm not a, a capologist, and I, I'm certainly not involved in any of the board meetings, right? And so, uh, you know, I don't know exactly where we stand, but the the Lions are up and coming, and. Um, you know, at the end of that game, or as that game was winding down, I, I remember tweeting uh, uh, or texting a couple of friends and just saying, man, I cannot remember in the last 30 years when we had a, a meaningful home game against the Lions and they came in and beat us. And um, that's what happened. You know, they, the Lions came in and um, beat us. And, uh, you know, we'll see, man. There'll be a lot of movement in the offseason. I really don't know which direction the Packers are going to go. Um, obviously, I mean, you know, the, the last month and a half of the season, they were very competitive. They made a run, but they did it against kind of inferior opponents, you know, and, and the Lions are, are a, a good quality football team. I'd say equal to the Packers, you know, they have different strengths and weaknesses, but I'd say they're right in the same realm. You know, they're in there with a lot of other teams, um, could win or lose based on, you know, how, how the ball, ball bounces that day. And, um, but to lose at home with everything on the line, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that says about the Packers. You know, that's, it wasn't, it wasn't I, I think it says they're, you know, they are what they are. Uh, just a mediocre team, man. And that's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. You have these runs. But um, Detroit, I've, you know, I've said it all year, and I know they didn't do so well in the beginning. But I'm telling you, that coach has got something going on there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anything else jump at you out at you from week eighteen? I mean, you know, there there was some, uh, you know, I, uh, the one thing that, um, and it wasn't just week eighteen, but it was the it was the finish to the whole regular season. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, uh, really undermanned, under talented. Um, I just think it says a ton about Mike Tomlin and how good of a football coach that man is, and. Uh, you know, they scratched and they clawed, and that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Bills versus um, Patriots, and Jets, the Jets-Dolphins game was just ridiculous, man. And, 
You know, I mean, the Dolphins got in. I, I can't imagine they're going to do anything but just get throttled by the Bills in week one. I mean, you never know. I mean, I guess it's a football game. Anything could happen. But, um, you know, someone was going to make it. But I was just impressed by the effort that that Pittsburgh Steeler team put in. And they look like they're up and coming. And, and uh, you know, they overachieved a little bit this year, similar to the Jets. You know, I don't think a lot of people that thought the Jets would be as competitive as they were immediately. And, uh, um you know, there was a little drama, man. It was fun. You know, uh, you know, the NFL did a pretty good job. I mean, they put the Charger game on Saturday, but they generally did a pretty good job of, you know, setting it up in such a manner that um, there was interest throughout. So it was entertaining week of football. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, that Jets-Miami uh, game was pretty painful. Yeah. Um, but you had a lot of other interesting games. And uh, now we're in the playoffs, so let's let's take a dabble at uh, this this weekend's game. What are your thoughts? Want to walk through them quick? Yeah, I mean we can go game by game if you want, man, and I'll take your yeah, uh, get your up. take, Kelly. So first game to, that's on the slate is the Seahawks at the Forty ers um, I have the C. The I'll just uh, let the cat out of the bag if you if you if you uh, uh, don't want to do the tease. Um, I got the 49ers making the Super Bowl. I think they're the best team in the NFC ahead of the Eagles. Myself, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles make it, but I think it's between those two teams. Um, everyone else is is just kind of there to, to show up. And uh, while I do believe the third game in a season um, between two teams um, could pose some problems, you know, and I, I think the Seahawks will be game. I think they'll, the 49ers will get their best effort. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the game was close, but in the end, the 49ers are the superior team. And I think they, uh, win that game, you know, fairly comfortably. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, more part of the Seahawks for <laughs> winning that, uh, getting the, the playoff nod, you know, they, they took care of what they needed to. And, uh, I, I do think though, that the run comes to an end this year at San Francisco, uh, I think San Francisco's definitely going to the NFC Championship game um, for sure. And I'm not saying they won't go to the Super Bowl. I got to think about that a little bit more. Um, they're just clicking on all cylinders, and I mean we've seen them with several quarterbacks this year, and the the system keeps working. So I I look for San Francisco to win this game fairly comfortably yeah i just think with with the uh the way they're built um you know the the quarterback is strictly a facilitator of the football and you know eli mitchell is back eli mitchell by himself is a pretty solid running back and the only reason he's not getting good gonna get more carries is because one of the best running backs in all of football christian mccaffrey's in front of him right so uh the 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 run Debo Samuel is healthy. He he played a couple plays last week. You know, just to kind of get warm back up. George Kittle and 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 Ayuk and and you know we know what their defense can do. So their defense is dominant, and all the quarterback for that team needs to do is facilitate the ball. You know, and with Shanahan's um, offensive scheme, it, it's it's just not, not a lot put on who's what's going to be Brock Purdy. It's not going to, not going to be a lot put on him to go out there and win the game for them. And 
um, with that recipe, I just think they can continue to advance. So I, I think I, I don't think they're going to struggle very much against the Seahawks. It, it wouldn't shock me. I think the line's about ten. It wouldn't shock me if the if the Seahawks covered just because of the um, divisional famili- familiarity between the two. But this the Forty ers are are head and shoulders above the Seahawks talent wise. Definitely. So the second game, uh, also going to be on Saturday, um, this one is interesting. And I honestly have, have hemmed and hawed and, and kind of gone back and forth. And, and I really don't know how I feel, man. I can make arguments both ways for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars are a, I think, a, a, a one-point dog, I think, uh, heading into that game. That might be a one-point favorite. Let me look that up, actually, for you, Kelly. What are your feelings on that game? Yeah, it's, uh, this is a, a really a tough one um, because uh, Jacksonville is, you know, uh, they've, got a, they've got themselves playing incredibly well. Uh, the Chargers, they, they just always something seems to happen to them. They... Uh, and I haven't heard yet uh, what the damage is, but you know they played some of their their starters uh, in Week 18 here and uh, had some guys get hurt. Now how bad the injuries are, I haven't heard yet. So um, it's going to be. I think it should be a good game. Um, I do think um, Doug Peterson will have. Uh, Jacksonville ready to go. Um, I do look for San Diego to pull it out. Not by a lot, though. Maybe a field goal. You know, they do have the benefit of playing at, uh, you know, it's going to be an 8-15 kickoff uh, Eastern time. So generally heading, I mean, you know, you and I have both traveled. You and I have, uh, you know, both jumped time zones at various points in our lives. And it's tough to head east, man. Um, but, But it's not a you know, noon kickoff or, or anything, right? So it's later in the day. They should be able to wake up comfortably and go about their business. I'm sure they'll show up a, a couple of days ahead of time to get acclimated and everything. But historically, teams that travel from the West Coast to the East Coast do not do well, man. And it's no joke. I travel for work. Um, you know, it makes some of our uh, scheduling challenging throughout the summer, you know, when, when, when I'm doing as much traveling as I do. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, a couple of hours makes a difference, you know, as far as sleep and your schedule and everything else and the way your internal clock feels. Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, it, the Chargers remind me a little bit of like the Mike McCarthy-led Packers where I just think Mike McCarthy is an absolute garbage head coach. I think he's terrible. And uh, he had the benefit of having, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback play to carry him. And I just feel like the Chargers are the same way. What The choices that they made last week to play the guys that they played, and for as long as they did, Keenan Allen, who's been in the league for like 27 years, was still in there, like on the final drive, and and I understand, like, hey, we're you know, you know, uh, Herm Edwards, uh, you you play to win the game, and I get that mentality of of like, you know, you're playing to win, but dude, when when Mike Williams goes down, in my mind, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are injury prone players to begin with, they're in and out of the lineup for their whole careers, both of them, they don't even suit up for that game if I'm the coach. 
But if you want to play him for a, a series or two, or if you want to, you know, g- keep him fresh and, and have him going through the motions of practice and, and coming out for game and all that, okay, you know, I mean, I, can, I guess I can see the argument for that. As soon as Mike Williams goes down, you cannot leave Keenan Allen on the field, a guy yeah, who's no, historically been you. hurt a bunch. I mean, Both what, what the, do I you mean, do if you don't have Williams or Allen for, for, the, for the wild card? And you're playing for nothing. Nothing, you know what I mean? Like, there's no uh, advantage to winning or losing that game. It doesn't matter. I, you, you have to be healthy. I think that, you know, and like a lot of things in sports, you can debate it forever. Um, I, I'm i not a fan of resting your players for a game between the playoffs, uh, but I'm... I think that getting ready for it and going through the motions keeps your mind mentally sharp. And I think it's, I don't care who you are. I think if you turn your mind off, like I don't got to think about that for a bit, it's hard to turn it back on. But I 100% think you have to know who your players are. And we can go back and look at um, the, both of the careers of the players, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and ask yourself how many times they didn't finish a year or how many times they've been injured or missed games. And there is a point at which you're playing for nothing. Why, why risk it? There is no reward. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Uh... I just think the Chargers are winning based on talent, and they are overcoming their coach a lot of times. And that's kind of how I felt about the Packers under Mike McCarthy. I just, I mean, I, I believe McCarthy was uh, excellent X's and O's guys. You know what I mean? And I, and I believe McCarthy um, could drop, uh, you know, plays and game and game plans and everything else. Man, when when it was Tuesday at three p.m., I I think his mind worked perfectly fine. But as a head football coach making decisions for the benefit of the entire team, big picture stuff, I think he was terrible. And I feel like Staley's the same way, man. I just feel like he's terrible. You're making terrible decisions for for your franchise. A lot of guys that are great coordinators, but they really shouldn't be head coaches. Um, They make poor decisions. Either they don't see the bigger picture ahead of them or – the game gets away from them and they can, you know, three o'clock on a Tuesday, you got all week to think about this stuff, dude. When a game's going on, you got three hours and you don't have time to hem and haw. And you also have to be able to recognize what's going on in the game and what the consequences are. If one of your guys goes down, I mean, you got, you know, even if you thought you were doing the right thing to start with and one of your guys goes down, you got to be able to see instantly, no, we, we can't continue this way because what do we do if this other thing happens? Especially when there's no benefit. It'd be one thing if you're trying to get in. Yeah. So, yeah, next up, uh, I mean, I'll still take the Chargers. Who are you going to take in this one? I think I'm going to take the Jaguars, Kelly. I mean, I just uh, I, I think the coaching edge clearly goes to the Jaguars. Um, defense, right, well, I think they're down. about we a got push. One dif- we got one difference there, so mark and, that down. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way on this. I just I'm just going to go with my gut, and I just kind of feel like man, the, the Jaguars might make a little splash. And uh, anyway, I wouldn't be surprised either way in that game, though. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 45 to seven Jaguars or 45 to seven Chargers. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 33-32 to 32 and it was the last second field goal that won it. I mean, I, that game is so up in the air. It just depends, you know, they're going to play the game and, and whatever happens in there, I don't think I'll be shocked. Only thing I'll be shocked about is if it was like a, a Dolphins-Jets game. If it was 6-3, to three, you know, as the third quarter was winding down, that would shock me. Other than that, I wouldn't be surprised by almost anything in that game. Definitely. 
Okay, so we'll move on to Sunday, Kelly. And then this first game is, uh, to me, um, just we'll see how motivated the Bills are. But the Dolphins are traveling um, upstate New York to play the Buffalo Bills, who I think are just riding a wave of emotion. I don't think it's coming to a stop anytime soon. And the, the Dolphins backdoored into the playoffs. Um, they've looked terrible for six weeks. And uh, I just I, I think the Bills have, have been one of the premier teams in the NFL. And um, the Bills, if they wanted to, could absolutely boat race the Dolphins, I think. Uh, but I don't know if they will. Uh, how, do you, how do you see that game going? I see the the Bills are going to win this and probably pretty handily. Um, I think it'll. I think it's more about how much do they want to win by. The Dolphins, whatever they had going in the beginning of the year, obviously with the quarterback getting hurt a couple times and all that, uh, that magic's long gone. And the Bills, I think, can really kind of decide uh, how aggressively are they going to play. I think if they wanted to, they could probably win this game by three touchdowns. Um, I don't think they will because I think they're probably just not going to it's not, I think they're going to just go a little slower, but, uh, you know, there is also that emotion, man. And that I've, I've said it many times on this podcast, probably will continue to emotion plays a big part in sports. And we saw it again this past Sunday with them, with the first play, a run back for a touchdown. And, you know, they're playing for their, they're playing for DeMar, man. I mean, in addition to everything else they had going plus, they're just playing a good team. So, I definitely say the Bills probably a minimum of a touchdown victory, if not more. Yeah, I mean, I think they can. It's just going to depend on motivation, really. Uh, okay, so um, this game is interesting, and I actually. Did, so the, uh, I'm talking about the Giants at the Vikings, and both of these teams. The Vikings are kind of a fraud man in my mind you know they they've won all these close games and, and you just you, you you assume they had a horseshoe up their butt man or they made a deal with the devil or something dude to to, to win all these games i mean they have won what 12 games you know one possession games uh this year so um you know watching them play uh, they are just kind of one of the guys. And it just so happens that, you know, some of all these games that they had been losing the last few years, they just won them all this year. You know, every time they were in a close game, they won them all. But they easily could be like a, you know, a five-win football team if they had gone the wrong way. And, um, you know, I, I do believe the Vikings being at home, I do believe they're better than the Giants. I don't think the Giants are a very good football team. I mean, they they started out hot, and they same kind of the same story, man. They were just winning, and they racked up wins and racked up wins, and it was like pretty soon they just had a bunch of them. And um, meanwhile, they've been losing their way into the playoffs. So neither one of these teams impresses me. I don't think either of these teams have an opportunity to go deep. Um, but... You know, at the end of the day, you know, if forced to choose, I'd probably take the Vikings just because they seem to win all these close games. But um, I'm not impressed by them at all. No, the Vikings will probably win this game. But I tell you, if this game was in New York, I'd tell, I'd tell you the Giants would win. Um, uh, the Vikings are – and you know what? We'll see. I, I don't think they can ride it past this weekend. But, um, you know, they're probably the luckiest or something – uh, you use the term fraud, and I don't know that I can disagree with that. They are certainly, in my mind, 
not nearly as good as what their record claims they are. So yeah, I'll I'll take the Vikings, but uh, I think everybody from both teams can be making their vacation plans pretty soon. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, so next game Sunday is going to be. Uh, this is another game that I don't think is going to be close. Another team that I believe is absolutely on a mission. Um, of all the teams in the playoffs, uh, to me, the team with the biggest chip on their shoulder heading in is the Bengals. And so the Ravens are going to go to Cincinnati, play a football game they just played. Um, Bengals did what they wanted with them. I mean, the, the score, I don't think, really told the story. You know, I think the Bengals just kind of took their foot off the gas. Um, but the Bengals are far superior to where the Ravens are currently. And uh, I, I think of all the teams in the playoffs, um, you know, the Chiefs are who they are. Um, the Bills obviously are riding a weight of emotion. They're a very good football team. You know, the Niners are a good football team. The, the Eagles are a good football team. Anyone of all the teams that I think have a legitimate chance of winning the Super Bowl, the Bengals are the ones that probably feel slighted the most. Like, hey, man, nobody is – is giving us what we're what's owed to us, man. I mean, we've won the most games in a row of anyone in football, and, and it's like, you know, <laughs> we got jobbed. We did nothing wrong in that Monday Night Football game. We did everything we could uh, to be decent and, and uh, shit. I mean, our, our our team saved a guy's life, man. And and in the in the process of all of it, after all the dust settled from the Demar Hamlin, um, Bengals kind of got the hose job out of the deal. And uh, I think heading in, I think they're they're about to prove something. You know, I feel like the Bengals might feel somewhat like the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Like, hey, man, we're going to show you something. And I think the Ravens are going to be the first to feel that wrath. And I think the Bengals just run away with that game. Yeah, I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag on part of this as well. The Bengals are actually my pick for the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Um, I think they're going to go through Buffalo or Kansas City, whatever they got to ultimately go through. And they're, they're just playing good football at the right time. Not that the other teams aren't. I just, they just got it going on. So, uh, and if there was a team that came out bad, I mean, again, I don't know, you know, the NFL really was in a tough spot with everything they did. But um, I will say Cincinnati probably got, the shortest end of a not good stick for anybody uh, or had the potential with some of the things they were talking about. And um, I I just think they, they've got it going on right now. Yeah, I agree entirely. I just, I just think that AFC is really tough. I mean, the chiefs are really good. The bills are really good. Uh, So are the Bengals, you know, so Uh, you have three, um, honestly, I I mean, you could take, I, I think all three of those teams would beat any NFC team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, again, letting the cats out of bags. I mean, the AFC is superior to the NFC. Now, I think the, the 49ers are a very f- good football team, but you line uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow across the field from uh, Brock Purdy, and I can see a multiple uh, uh, pass to victory for a team that has a, an all-pro caliber quarterback at the helm. Um, now I know that the Niners probably will have the best defense if they if they then the the NFC will have the best defense period. So whether it's the Niners or the um, Eagles, they're gonna have the best defense in in the Super Bowl. But um, I, I just don't see how 
the NFC is going to score with the AFC myself and I yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised man I just the Bengals got job man so you know they're they're at home they're up seven to three they're driving again they just completed a a, a real nice pass to Higgins uh, everything you know comes to a screeching halt and um you know obviously uh, priorities change in an instant and and we have to uh, make some tough decisions on the fly and the game is canceled and everything else um and again, like we like we started this podcast with Kelly. I mean, obviously, Demar's health is paramount, and 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 all other things are are second, third, fourth, right to that. But um, you know, if you think about it from the Bengals' perspective, it's like, man, we're up seven to three. We're driving again, and uh, if we win that football game, which I guarantee you, in the Bengals' mind, they knew they were going to win that football game, right? And uh, they're like, dude, if we win that football game, the Bills got to come to us. And the Bills have in the divisional round. The Bills got to come to the Bengals and pl- and play that game. Now, with the way everything transpired, the Bengals have to go to Buffalo and play. And they're probably like, "Damn, man, that's boy, we got hosed." But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went into Buffalo and win it. Man, they're not scared of anything. The Bengals are not scared at all of anyone. They've shown that in the last two times that they played the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Chiefs have, have kind of been the big dogs on the mountain um, over the last few years, and and the Bengals don't balk at all so uh yeah i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be shocked at all man they're a good football team for sure kelly uh last one bud um is gonna be monday night which you know get you're you're trying to get runnies was that one did we miss no 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 they're gonna play two on saturday seahawks and niners Chargers and jaguars gonna be saturday sunday they're gonna play three dolphins bills giants vikings ravens Bengals. my bad and then on monday night um which Again, like I said, I understand from a rating standpoint and from a, hey, watch our show, watch our show standpoint, money, money, money. Um, but from a competitive fairness standpoint, man, you know, whoever wins this game is kind of getting jobbed, you know, to, to have to travel and, and play somebody. Uh, you know, they're going to play the, the last game, and then they have to travel, guaranteed. Whoever wins this game is, is going somewhere. And, well, I guess, you know, if the Dolphins beat the Bills or something, maybe not. Or, or you know what I mean? Or, or if a lower seed wins, I guess maybe not. But generally speaking, man, this team's going to have to travel. So they got to play on Monday and then travel uh, on a short week. So, um, But the Cowboys are going to play at the Bucks, And uh, this is one I really dove deep into. And I kind of had a, a gut feeling based on the fact that Tom Brady never loses in the playoffs. And the Cowboys never win in the playoffs. To me, it's just a no-brainer. Like, oh, the Bucks are going to win. Like, <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't lose, and the Buc- and the Cowboys don't win. Like, I don't, I don't know what else you need to know. And then I kind of dove into the stats. I dove into the last, you know, six games of, of their season. I kind of, you know, looked at, um, uh, you know, strengths and weaknesses of both squads. And I kind of pulled back a little bit and was like, ah, you know, the Cowboys are probably the better football team. But then I, I, I circled back again to like, yeah, but Tom Brady doesn't lose, and the Cowboys don't win. So – uh, at the end of the day, the Bucks are going to win the game. Chris, man, I could have saved you a lot of time. Did you watch the last Cowboys game? Oh, I mean, dude, it was the Sam Howell-led commanders with Jonathan Williams at tailback, and the Cowboys played their starters throughout. So, you know, Cowboys varsity versus Buck or. Uh, commander's jv and the jv team whooped their butt skelly yeah so i didn't need to do no research dude (laughs) but 
Have you watched? Have, have you have you followed the Bucks last few games too? Though I mean, I, they don't. They, I don't, they look don't, just as bad, dude. I'll, uh, that may be true, but the Cowboys. Nah, I really think Mike McCarthy is going to be looking for a job a week from uh, Monday. Yeah, uh, and he's. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, and it's probably some of it's not even his fault. But I don't know that I. That was a pretty poor performance. Uh, and that's putting it politely from your varsity starting team against literally it was the JV the JV team man I mean that that was an abysmal game yeah I mean neither of these teams are very and good that and that's is, why that is not how you go into the playoffs well and if you think about it Kelly we already talked about the Giants and Vikings and the now we're talking about the Cowboys and Buccaneers. Like, uh, which I mean, if I had to pick a team that could make a run, I guess I would take the Bucks probably. But none of these teams are are, are going to beat the Eagles or the 49ers. and they're certainly not going to do it back to back weeks, right? They're not going to go into San Francisco, beat them, and then go to Philly and beat them, right? If they got lucky and the ball bounced their way, you know, for sixty minutes, okay, anyone can win a football game one time. But uh, yeah, the NFC is is really a two horse race in my mind. So, I mean, they're going to play the games. We'll see. You never know, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, these teams are not good, dude. Not good at all. Yeah, and I will tell you right now, I mean, I already told you, in the AFC I saw since then, my Super Bowl is going to be, I predict right now anyway, the 49ers versus the uh, Bengals. Uh, I think Philadelphia, I might have picked them earlier. I was pretty hot on them, but – QB getting hurt for a couple weeks and always back, but they're they've just lost some of the edge. So, what was that like, 1987ish or something? 80, yeah, I can't remember which which year it was. Uh, but it was yeah, like John Taylor, you know, as, as uh, you know, 32 seconds left to go in the game or something like that. You know, uh, 49ers Bengals. Um, uh, yeah, I just. I mean, I you know, I, I can't argue against it, man. I mean, I just think the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs are all really close. And then I actually think the 49ers and the Eagles are really close as well. But I kind of feel like you feel. Like um, the Eagles, man, you just you just kind of lost some of your momentum, dude. You know what I mean? You guys were tr- tr- running and running and running. And in sports, uh, you've, you know, there, there is, it's, it's almost like a, like a song or like a movie or something. You know what I mean? Like there's a buildup, a crescendo. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, you in, in these types of tournaments, you just see the team – that's that's always adding right they're always they were a level seven and now they're a level nine and now they're a level 11 and now they're a level 14 you very very rarely see a team you know uh building 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 and then drop right before the playoffs and this is what always kills teams i think uh the indianapolis colts are just like the epitome of kick ass all year take your foot off the gas and then flop in the playoffs you know the old uh, Peyton Manning Colts I'm talking about with with Harrison and and um all those guys right and uh we've just seen it man you you got to be building it's got to be like a, a steady build and that's kind of the Bengals the Bengals are the epitome so are the 49ers to be honest with you you know the, those two teams are the ones that have been like oh they've gotten better every single week they've never taken a step back they've only gotten better each time each time each time and I really so, think in in football in particular. I mean, given just what it takes to play the sport, um, I think more probably as much as any sport, man. The minute that you take a little bit of that edge off, it's harder to turn it back on. 
and yeah. that edge can get taken off from a lot of things. Uh, injury, just resting players, or just losing a game you shouldn't, or losing some of that momentum. I mean, you know, it, it just can't. You know, they'll play the games, and, you know, if, I got, if, I, if something happens this week to surprise me, I'll pick something new. Uh, I'll also go out on a pretty factual thing and say I'm not the greatest prognosticator because... <laughs> Chris, I think I owe you a dinner, my bud. You do, sir. You do. Uh, it's official. Season's come to an end. Uh, and uh, we, we don't have to dive into all the numbers, but I finished with more wins than you did, sir. So, yeah, uh, you, that's going to be exciting, you know, man. We'll, probably, and we can enjoy it together. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm sure you can You can, You can. can take your victory lap, um, Chris. Hey, speaking of victory laps, uh, dude, I, I, can you dive in a little bit? Um, you, you posted a photo of uh, – you on a uh, uh, jumping into a uh, stock car, um, and uh, you know talking about maybe op- opening a race team. So uh, yeah, speaking of victory laps, there, sir, why don't you give us a a, a little insight to what it was like being in uh, a stock car, man, and and how fast you go? Yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> I told him don't grab the steering wheel. <laughs> So that's uh, me getting into number 96 black stock car at the Daytona Speedway. Uh, Kind of a fun experience. Chris uh, happened to go on a tour and as it turned out they were uh, had this thing they called the NASCAR experience. And uh, you could either drive. They wouldn't, wouldn't let me go for that one. Uh, That's even some bullshit. The, even the driver <laughs> of my car might have been a little hard to hear, but he yelled out the window to other people waiting for me to take off. I told them not to grab the steering wheel. Yeah, I heard that. That's pretty <laughs> funny, dude. Uh, but uh, they, um, they, you uh, get in the line, man, pay your money, and then they strap a helmet on you. Put uh, one of their, what they call a head and neck device, basically a big old collar that they strap the helmet. Yeah, Hans to. device, I imagine. Yeah, stop, stop your head from flopping around like a, a bobblehead. Uh, the <laughs> most interesting thing about the whole car thing, you gotta, you literally do got to climb in through the window, man. Oh, yeah. This Duke's yeah. a hazard, dude. I mean, it is, dude. There ain't no door. And uh, so you go out there. They walk you out to the track. Um, you got this car sitting there, and the guy tells you, okay, stick your feet through, slide them in, and then flop in the car. Uh, you sit down, guy straps you up. That was going on. That's what was going on at the end. He was uh, strapping you in, making sure you're all tight. Uh, you're in this seat. And then he puts a net back over your window, and then the car starts up. And uh, you go three laps at 175 miles an hour around the Indianapolis Speedway. Uh, it was uh, incredible. It's almost—it's really hard to describe. Uh, I'd say the biggest uh, three minutes. It's less than a minute uh, per lap, but it goes so fast. It's—it's it's hard to believe. And then uh, I didn't—I knew they were banked, but uh, the corners of that track are banked at 31 degrees yeah 
Yeah, you say, yeah, dude, you ever been on a 31-degree bank? No, I, I just, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I follow NASCAR. You know, I know, I've, I've actually. Well, let me tell uh, you, bud. <laughs> I've never been to Daytona. A 31-degree bank at 175 miles an hour? It's quite the feeling. Yeah, so what, what, I mean, what, kind of do the best you can. Try to describe it, man. I mean, what, you know, give, give you just a, have give this total sense of speed. I mean, literally, you heard the car just start to take off from pit row, and it's, you can kind of feel um, once you're out onto the track. I mean, they make a, it's, uh, you're making a last little adjustment, and then he's, by the time he's on the track, he's at 175, and they don't take their foot off the gas all the way around that track. Um, other people that did the ride along tell me you're, uh, you know, they take you through the corners and you're two feet away from the wall. Um, I couldn't really sense that, but what I really could sense is just how, how quickly you're going around that track. And when you're in really no time to relax, even on the straightaways, maybe you think, okay, I can kind of rest a little if you will i'm you know just gonna go really fast down this straightaway but before you know it you're in another turn and i don't know what it's like to drive the car through those turns but even just to ride you just you feel like you're spinning man i mean you are but you you got this banking going on in the high speed and imagine a carnival ride you know that spins you around that's what this is like it's it doesn't feel bad at all. It's the G-forces weren't out of out of um, too crazy, but they were enough that you feel just like you're spinning. And uh, but I'll say this: the uh, just fun. You, like you can just feel the speed. I mean, it's like someone kind of strapping a rocket to your back and pushing you forward. <laughs> uh, and uh, really, this is what 175 miles an hour in a car sounds like as someone else is standing on the track. So that, and you know, I've watched enough NASCAR on TV. This was the most interesting thing. Um, you never know. Like, I was always curious. Could you hear a car going all the all the way around the speedway or not? You know, because on TV, how would you know? You can't. There's so much noise. But yeah. you can. I mean, it's kind of cool. You can be standing like, uh, we took a tour, and at one point you're kind of sitting right by the start-finish line in these seats, which, wow, I can't even imagine what that's like to sit that close during the race. But you can hear the cars going all the way around the speedway. Uh, you know, they sound distant in the corners and stuff, but you can hear it, and it's amazing. Well, the power behind those vehicles is just ridiculous, right? And um, Yeah, man, that's cool. That's a cool experience for you, Kelly. I'm, yeah, uh, the, the other thing that's really interesting is uh, there really is nothing in those cars. <laughs> I mean, the doors. No the, cup holder? Uh, no, uh, there are no cup holder, no nothing. The doors, I mean, it's just metal. There's no, and I've known this. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to feel it. I mean, you get in the car, right? And uh, there's no padding on the door, no nothing. <laughs> and then, you know, it's kind of fun getting out too because they tell you, and I don't know what the drivers do, but when I got out, what they tell the people that are riding to do is to actually kind of flip your head and back out first. So you get your kind of back out the window, and then you flip your legs over and put your legs out. It's uh, <laughs> just kind of 
I don't know that I've ever gotten in and out of a car uh, through a window before. <laughs> but, but, I mean, at a minimum, they got some, like, USB chargers and stuff, right? So in case you're on a road trip, you can charge your phone. I, I mean, uh, come on. Uh, no, nah, man. I mean, it's <laughs> uh, really, it was, uh, again, if anybody's ever near a NASCAR racetrack and has a chance to do something like this, it was it was a last minute thing. I we didn't even I didn't even know this was going to be going on when we went there. It was just you know a whim to go down to the track. Uh, as you know, I'm down in Florida uh, with yeah. my with Amy and another one of our brothers happens to be staying with us and uh, for a little bit. And we just all said, now let's go see what this is like. And I I enjoy. I've mentioned a few times. I do enjoy seeing the different sporting venues and things like that. And so that was cool, and then turned out this was going on, and I'm like, ah, why not? Uh, really? I I can honestly tell you, I'm smiling right now as I think as much as I was when I was in that car, in in the middle going around the track. Just I don't know. That's I, obviously that's the fastest I've ever gone in a car, and just to know what that's like now, to know what that's like to take those corners. The corners were just impressive. Um, and I had actually walked on a piece of track in the in a museum before that uh, to know what 31 degrees of banking is like. I mean, that car is sideways on its side, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's really cool, Kelly. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Chris. Speaking of cool, and as I said, I'm down here in Florida. One last little thing I wanted to share with our audience members. Um, SpaceX is actually going to do 87 launches this year down here, they said, or uh, uh, maybe between SpaceX and, and NASA and whoever else, there's 87 launches, and where we're staying, you can actually see rocket launches. I mean, literally, last night there was one, and um, when these SpaceX launch, rockets launch, they actually bring a, a booster rocket back to Earth. So that is a sonic boom of the booster rocket coming back, and obviously it's speeding up and then uh, slowing down. And actually, that after the boom, you heard them burn the rocket burn to slow the booster down, and they landed right back at the launch pad. Um, sonic like boom was remotely, huh? It's like steered remotely, and they yeah. just bring it back. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, a sonic boom was something I'd never heard before. You know, I'd always heard about them with things like the Concorde. It's amazing. It's an awesome sound. A little audio recording doesn't do it justice, but uh, it's just it's just this awesome sound in the sky, and it just echoes throughout the whole sky. Well, it sounds like you're living the dream, man. Uh... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He just going around NASCAR tracks and uh, <laughs> watching know. rocket launches. It's all about going yeah. fast down here in Florida, Chris. You know. I don't know. I work today, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. So did I. I told you. We recorded this podcast episode a little bit later because I work with people from around the globe, and 
sometimes scheduling meetings gets interesting. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate, man, to be able to come down here in the winter and get a little bit out of the cold. But uh, really, uh, uh, rocket launches are something, they're, they're something to experience and hear that, you know, even the boom and just the power of the rocket, you can hear it in the sky and other people, like the night launches, they say, uh, at least, you know, it looks like a little sun up there. So. Yeah, I've never actually seen it with my own two eyes before, you know, only uh, TV footage, video footage, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and I've never been close enough to actually hear it with my own ears. Well, we'll have to get you down to Florida at some point here. Yeah. Yeah, someday I'll live the dream. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I, I have a feeling you guys will be going there for for a while to come, so hopefully an opportunity will present itself at some point for me. Well, Chris, I live the dream once a week when we have these podcast conversations. That might sound like a cliche, but I always enjoy the conversation with you. It's great. I know you're my nephew, but uh, you're my nephew, a good guy and a friend, and just always enjoy shooting the breeze with you and the fact that we can share it with other people and uh, appreciate all our listeners. Yeah, man. I'm same same to you, Kelly, dude. I mean, for my entire lifetime, I've enjoyed just chatting with you, man. And um, you know, this opportunity presented itself, man. And and uh, uh, you know, I, I I love talking with you too, sir, man. So uh, it's cool. You know, you're you're an intelligent sports fan, man. It's it's something that I'm passionate about. Always have been. You know, uh, I just in, enjoy it. I enjoy sports sports in general. General and anytime I'm afforded the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk and philosophize and kind of prognosticate and, and, you know, give my opinion, you know, I'm, I'm plenty wrong. You know, uh, <laughs> TCU did not do what I thought they were going to do. Um, there's some teams in the NFL this year that didn't do what I thought they would do and, and on and on. But, um, I do, I do like the conversation for sure. Well, all right, Chris, I hope you have a great week and thanks again, everyone for listening to another episode of the podcast to be named later. Hey, thanks, Kelly.